I said, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! What's good, y'all? It's your boy, MJ Incredible. Welcome back to All Things Incredible, the podcast about anything and everything y'all already know. This is the Wednesday show, which means it's wrestling. And I gotta say, I wasn't able to actually watch SmackDown and Raw this week. Unfortunately, some things came up, but I did... Uh, catch a couple reviews and like kind of looked up some things online um, regarding you know what happened and stuff like that so I'm aware of some things that happened plus you know whatever WWE put up on their Instagram so I've seen clips of the Dexter Loomis shot the Karrion Cross, you know re-debut uh, the six women tag match being set up for Clash of the Champions um Lashley retaining the U.S. title <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just stuff like that, right? Um, and I didn't really see any, like, clips or anything like that. Uh, well, I saw, I saw the, the clip from, I guess, I, I guess it was last week, I, I don't know, but, uh, where Edge accidentally spears Dominic and then, like, Dominic like got upset or whatever and stormed off it's like I don't like when they tell that story because it's obvious like if you watch the tape it is clear as day that it was an accident he was pushed into the spear virtually right at least from the clip I saw so I hate when they do this kind of story because, like, it's clear as day that, you know, it was an accident. So I don't know, though. But anyway, um, uh, I guess this week, like, I guess he got kidnapped or something because, like, he didn't come out to help Ray or something like that. And I don't know. I was reading, like, I don't remember which art or which site it was. I don't know, but from what I read, like, he didn't show up, Edge did show up, but then kind of immediately left after him and Damian Priest went at it, and then, like, Ripley came out carrying Dominic, I don't know, I, I'm confused on what they're trying to accomplish with this feud between the six of them like are they gonna set up a, like a a match between Ripley and Dominic or are they gonna set up a love angle between Ripley and Dominic like what is the goal here it is kind of surprising that they're gonna go Damian Priest versus Edge though not really surprising because you know Edge you know he was the first person that Edge recruited into Judgment Day. But, no offense to Damian Priest, Finn Balor's the bigger star, so I figured Edge would rather work with Finn Balor. Like, it would be more of a marquee, you know, kind of situation. But, I am more interested in seeing an Edge versus Damian Priest match. Their styles match really well together. And... You know, Finn and Ray 
have good chemistry, at least uh, the stuff I've seen them do before. Like, I, I just think it kind of works. I'm just a little confused why AJ Styles completely took himself, removed himself from the situation, and now it's just going after The Miz. I don't know. But now, so, like, they're saying, like, Edge is just going to... He, like, his main purpose now is to end the Judgment Day. <sighs> I don't know why they fucking separated it. If if you separated it because you needed somebody to face Roman Reigns... Then why didn't you just have Edge immediately go into a program with Roman Reigns? It's fucking stupid. That's all I'm saying. And so I enjoy the Karrion Cross return. I really do. You know, they're going back to the his like NXT gimmick, and it's it's gonna work. It, it just everything about it was cool. And the rumor is USA Network wants a top title on their uh, their show, you know, Raw. And so the I guess the rumor is that they're gonna make the McIntyre Reigns match at Clash the Castle a triple threat, where you know, they're gonna. This is how they're gonna separate the titles, like ununify them, which is fine. And you know, carrying Cross, like the way that they're presenting him so far, makes sense to put him in that kind of scenario, which is fine. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. He looks strong, taking out Drew. Cool, whatever. But you had Edge. You just took him away from Judgment Day. So why not just put Edge there, have him win the Universal title, retire it, and bring back the big gold belt. <laughs> I just want the big gold belt back. I don't really care. No, I'm at this point I've accepted that they're probably never going to bring that title back. So I've accepted the Universal title. I think the red strap looks better than the blue strap, but that's just me. I know some people are... You know, some people prefer the blue over the red. Some people prefer the red over the blue. But every universally, the universal title was panned when they first introduced it. But over time, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of just grown to accept it, and it actually doesn't look terrible. I don't think the design for any of the belts are that great, though. Like the WWE belt, the uh, the two women's belts. And the universal belt, like, first of all, they're all the same fucking thing, right? Just, the women's are white strap with the background color being, you know, red for Raw, blue for SmackDown. And the WWE title is just the title that's been around since the unification, basically. And then, uh... The universal title takes the color of whatever show it's on. <sighs> sure. Honestly, I don't know why they just didn't keep the rebranded title design anyway. The one that The Rock introduced, you know, before WrestleMania 29. Like, the current title is obviously heavily influenced by that, but, like, that one was kind of cool. It had Champion written on it and stuff. Uh, it wasn't as cool as a spinner belt, in my opinion. 
definitely not a scroll big gold belt. That's the best looking title ever. Ever. But anyway, that's just me. Um, but now if you're if that is the plan to, you know, split the titles, you gotta do that with the Usos too then, right? So how how are you gonna do that? I don't know why they even unify this fucking shit. Cause it seems like they never go on Raw, or hardly ever. Roman's part-time now. You know, people were, you know, complaining that they're trying to turn him to make him the next Cena. I think they were trying to make him the next Brock Lesnar. Because immediately, immediately winning both belts, he became part-time. He became, I'll show up when I want to show up. That's fucking Brock Lesnar. He's doing the same shit Brock Lesnar's doing. It's nuts. It's nucking futs. Anyway, so yeah, I saw that. Um, and I saw a clip of Dexter Loomis. I'm confused what they were trying to accomplish with that. Because from my understanding of what happened on the show was like nothing. After AJ Styles beat The Miz, just randomly in the crowd, there was a Dexter Loomis sighting. And then he was, like, hauled away by security. But he didn't interfere with the match. Nothing crazy happened. So I don't know what the purpose was. I'm not a huge Dexter Loomis fan, to be honest with you. Um, like his release was actually one that I was kind of okay with, because I'm not really that big of a fan. I just think he's a bland character. But, I don't know, maybe I'll be proven wrong with his main roster run. Right, we'll see. Um. Oh, this. And I saw a picture of like the tournament for the tag titles. What the fuck is that? That is horseshit. Is what it is. You have one team, and they just became a team. Dakota Kai and Eo Sky. She is officially named Eo Sky, by the way. Um. It's so dumb. So they relegate Asuka and Alexa Bliss to be a tag team now. Instead of putting them in the main event scene. I mean, they're in the main event scene because they're Bianca Belair's lackeys now. Right? I mean, that's what I gather from the six-woman tag match at Clash the uh, Castle. The only other, like, team that, like, the only team that I was interested in seeing was Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, but that's just because I, I really enjoy both of them. And I think that it could be really good for Aaliyah. Because she needs some sort of direction. So you might as well put her in the tag division and try to build the tag division. But everything else was fucking dumb. I'm not interested in DeVille and Natalia teaming up. I'm definitely not interested in seeing anything with Dana Brooke. I like Tamina, but don't like Dana Brooke. You know what they should have did during like all this stuff, Triple H taking over and stuff? Slowly just make Tamina go back to SmackDown and re-tag team with Natalya. Or just have Natalya come to Raw. I don't really care. They were actually a pretty good tag team together. I can't remember. What 
the other teams that they had. I don't remember if I saw it on WWE's Instagram or if I just... Or if I read it somewhere. Carmella return? Like, what are they planning on doing with her? Nothing? Yeah, I don't see it anywhere here. Let me see if I can just do a quick Google search if it pops up. WWE Women's. Oh, here we go. Nope, come on. Tag tournament. Give me images. Nope. Oh, my nose. Yeah. Okay. Cage size seats. Cage side seats is where I saw the picture. Oh, uh, Zia Lee and Shotzi. Not a team I'm interested in. I like Zia Lee a lot. I really do. I think she's ready for the main event, but obviously they're not going to put her there. But you can have her team with somebody better than fucking Shotzi. No offense, I'm just not a huge Shotzi fan. Uh, and then the they have an NXT team coming up. Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Neither are interesting to watch, in my opinion. Like, there's other NXT women tag teams that I think would have been a better fit for this tournament. And obviously they did it because they don't have any other fucking women to put in this tournament. And then they got Nikki, ASH, and Dewdrop. First of all, I'll just go back to Nikki Cross. Secondly, actually, you know what? That's a pretty good tag team. Like, I think they actually work pretty well together. So, I personally think Dakota Kai and EOS Kai should win it all. And I hope they do. But I would not be mad if Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah get the victory. I don't know what... Wait a second. Wait a second. WWE Women's Tag Tournament Images. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Okay. So, Sky and Kai fought Tamina and Brooke this past Monday. So, I'm imagining one of the tag teams on the left, or, well, right side, whatever, man. SmackDown teams will wrestle this Friday, presumably, right? So, next week situation and then the following week we'll get to the finals let's get in here so one two 
The finals are gonna take place at Cash for the Clash. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that. Clash at the castle. So Dakota Kai and Eosky are not gonna win. How can they? And neither is Lexa Bliss and Asuka. How can they? They're set up for a six-woman tag match. That's why I felt like... So when I saw that, when I saw that fucking poster... Well, you know, it was a picture because I saw it on Instagram, but... I was annoyed. Like, I was like, immediately, I was like, no! Don't do that. I mean, if you were going to have it be like a six-pack challenge, sure, but... A six-woman tag match? I'm not interested in seeing that. Well, I am interested in seeing it, I'm not going to lie. Because uh, the six of them would put on a fucking stellar performance, if given the time. But, the tag tournament's going on. So I would rather see Becky, not Becky, sorry. Bailey versus Bianca in a singles match for the title. And have the tag, you know, tournament finals be Kai, Sky, Bliss, and Asuka doesn't work out that way because they're on the same side of the bracket, but, you know, that's what I would rather see. No, what the fuck's the plan, man? Are they just gonna delay the finals? Or, is Bliss and Asuka gonna get knocked out by Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H.? Is Kai and Sky gonna cost them the titles? Well, the tournament? But then that would put fucking Dewdrop and Nikki Ascension uh, Nikki Cross in the fucking finals, and I don't want that. Well, I don't mind that as long as they don't win the fucking thing. But dude, they're gonna win the thing. Because Clash of the Castle is in fucking the home country. Right? I don't want to make the mistake again thinking Walter was from the UK. Just because he performed at NXT UK. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're both from Scotland. So they're part of the UK. Viper, Piper Niven. Okay. Dewdrop, Viper, or Piper Niven. If I'm being honest with you. I should have just called her Piper. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know what the whole deal was with Dewdrop. I don't know why they were so fascinated with that name. Now, if she likes the name and is, uh cool with it, then sure, go for it. Oh, what the ball sack. I was trying to click on Nikki A-S-H. I don't know why I'm struggling to say that right now. But they don't even put that team in her career. Who is updating Dewdrop's wiki page? Do better. Did Nikki ever win the 24-7 title? 
about to have a fucking... You ever play the Wikipedia game, by the way? I mean, I'm sure it's called something, but... It's like you, you, you start at a random point, like at a random page, and then you have to, like, find your way to, like, a different page. So, you can only click one word, like, and the goal is to try to get there in the least amount of clicks as possible. So, for example, say, you know, you start off on a page uh, about... I don't fucking know. Um, dodo birds. And your target is George Clooney. So now you have to find a way to get from dodo bird to George Clooney. And as, f- like, as few pages as possible. And then, like, there's, like, house rules that you can go with, like, uh, you know, two backseas, one backseer, whatever. Okay, yeah, she was. So, boom. I went from Dewdrop to Nikki A.S.H. in two clicks. Yeah, she's also from Scotland. That's what I thought. So, boom. They're probably going to have them win... Because they think that's going to be the best thing for the show, which I disagree. If you're not going to have Kai or Sky win, Rodriguez and Aaliyah, that's who I'm going for. But I just don't think they're going to win. Now, they, dude, I don't even think they're going to make the fucking finals. They're probably going to put the NXT team there. I fucking hope not. But I will say, if the goal is to make Nikki and Dewdrop the tag champions at Clash of the Castle, I would rather them do it over Natalia Deville, the NXT team, or Zaylee just walking out on Shotzi. Instead of going clean over Rodriguez and Aaliyah. I don't know, man. We'll wait and see what happens, obviously. But I'm telling you now. I think with knowing how the bracket's set up. And knowing that there is a six-woman tag match. That involves Bliss, Asuka, Kai, and Sky. It is pretty telling that neither are going to be in the finals. I could be wrong. They might spread out the tournament longer. and I, Or I might have just miscalculated on like how they're doing it week to week. But I have a feeling that I'm right. And if I'm right, please... Let Rodriguez and Aaliyah win the fucking thing. Or don't let them in the finals at all. Anyway, um, so I don't care about the Dexter Lumis stuff because I wasn't a big fan. Karrion Cross returns, cool. I'm all for it. That's fine. Um, and honestly, I think, you know. Well, you know what, man? SummerSlam was a bad idea to do it. 
but they should have just had Theory cash in on one title, though. And that's what the whole build should have been. Like, Theory just constantly saying, I'm going to cash in on the WWE title. And they're like, you mean the Universal or Unified Universal title? Yeah, sure, I'll cash in on the Universal title. Just constantly say things that don't specify that he's going to go for both, right? So he's just teasing that he's only going to go for one. Man, that's what it should have been. But if they want to go this route with the triple threat and just have one fall go to one title and the other fall go to the other, I'm fine with that as well. As long as they split the titles. And they got to do something with the Usos. I think the only way to do it and make it worthwhile is have the Usos back-to-back matches, right? So, SmackDown tag match, and they face... I don't even know what tag team they would even face. The New Day, I guess? Viking Raiders? I guess there's the Brawling Brutes. Why didn't they just call them the fucking Fight Club? Or Fight Night? The Brawling... Actually, you know what? Do the Brawling Brutes. So, Ridge Holland and Sheamus versus the Usos. And have it be a long, grueling match. It doesn't have to be long, but like, you know, 14 minutes or so. But just a just a grueling match. Just back and forth. Beat down, beat down. Usos win. Retains the SmackDown titles. Street Profits. They fresh now. Go another eight minutes or so. Usos are too exhausted to retain the Raw titles. And boom. New Raw champions. But the Usos remain the longest reigning, defending SmackDown Tag Champions. And you can do the same thing with Roman Reigns with the Universal title. You know, but have the triple threat match go on and... uh, First fall for the WWE title. Karen Cross gets the pin on Drew McIntyre or makes Drew McIntyre pass out or whatever, right? And then, like, as he let, like, probably pass out. So have him pass him out. Make him go to sleep. And then, uh, as he's getting up, he r- turns and runs into a spear or a guillotine, however you want to finish it, but. A spear would probably be quicker. And then Roman Reigns gets the 1-2-3 and walks out with the Universal Championship. Like, that's how I would book it if that's how you wanted to do it that way. I don't know. So those are my thoughts. Like I said, I didn't really get a chance to really watch or anything like that. So I'm not going to speak too much exactly what happened. Just wanted to mention a few things. Kind of went off on a ramble tangent there for a bit, but um, that's okay. 
That's why I do. And, um, yeah. So this week's probably going to be it's a little shorter because I don't really have anything to really talk about because um, I didn't get a chance to, you know, watch them. Um, hopefully next week we get the opportunity and get back on track. I do have a bunch of Monday Night War segments pre-recorded so you know what's coming up next is something that was pre-recorded and completed a while ago um trying to see if i remember correctly it is excuse me oh never mind it was a longer monday night war like segment turned out to be like 53 minutes so you know we're doing okay with time uh i rambled on long enough to by the time i edit this down it'll be close to a half hour so that works out actually so you know what i'm not sorry that i missed it well i really ain't sorry because I, I missed it for good reason but i'm not going to talk about it on the podcast um anyway stick around for the monday Night War stuff that's going to finish out the show in the next week uh, same thing, we got pre-recorded stuff, pre-things set up, it's all, you know, I kind of just went on a binge on, like, watching a bunch of, like, I kind of got lost in it, to be honest with you. Okay, so, Monday Nitro, March 11th. It was okay. Uh, the wrestling, for the most part, was decent. The promos weren't very good across the board, but, you know, it is what it is. So, we start the show with... The Giant vs. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. They actually put on a pretty solid match. I wasn't expecting that kind of match out of these two, at least at this point in the Giants' career. You know, they were trying to still build him up as this unstoppable monster. I, fi- I figured they would be more closer to a squash match. Um, and while he did most damage to Duggan, Duggan got quite a bit of offense in. Um, he did technically cheat. And the ref didn't do anything, but the Giant also hit the ref, so, like, I guess it cancels out. I don't know. Eventually, the Giant does choke Sam, gets the win, yada, 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 off of a Jimmy Hart distraction. Um, next, we had the... Uh, we had the Steiner Brothers versus the Road Warriors. Apparently, it was supposed to be the Nasty Boys versus the Road Warriors, and I gotta say, I'm much happier it was the Steiner Bros. Uh, the match was okay. Um, the more that I watch the Road Warriors wrestle, the, the less that I enjoy their matches. I didn't really think about it as a kid as much, but like, the Steiner Brothers are great, and they made this match pretty good. Um, they all, the Road Warriors do cheat to win, so the Steiner Brothers hit their finisher. I don't remember what they called it, but it was similar to the Doomsday device, but instead of, you know, or what they do was, you know, Scott would get the opponent on their shoulders, then Rick would do a, a top rope bulldog. Honestly, it was a lot cooler than Doomsday device, to be honest with you. And as Rick Steiner's getting up to go for the pin, uh, Animal hits him with a piece of their shoulder pads or whatever. I don't know. Knocks him out. Hawk gets the cover. One, two, three. Not entirely sh- I don't remember what happened to Scott Steiner in, the, in this little segment. That's on me, though, for not remembering. 
Uh, they have a post-match promo. It's not great. It's not bad either, but their whole thing basically was like, it's not over. Like, we're going to get our revenge, blah, blah, blah. They do mention the fact that Lex Luger is not going to be at the pay-per-view, but they don't really... They don't make a big deal out of it. Like, I mean, they make a deal out of it, but not really, like, enough to, like, where they probably should have, you know. Because um, Lex Luger was at Nitro. They could have had a pro, they could have had an interview with him, but, like, why are you scared of the Road Warriors? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if he says he's not scared, it's like, then why did Jimmy Hart get you out of the match or whatever? But it doesn't matter. It is what it is. So they don't know who Sting's partner is going to be. Obviously, we know it's Booker T because we've looked it up, and I've seen the pay-per-view before. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, the next match is Alex Wright versus Lex Luger. Uh, the match is okay. You know, not bad. Jimmy Hart interferes and costs Alex Wright the match. So Lex Luger wins the match. But Lex Luger doesn't want to celebrate with Jimmy Hart. He's like, what are you doing? I can't be seen with you, yada, yada, yada. But Jimmy Hart's like, what are you talking about? We won, we won. Blah, blah, blah. Not that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> they did, a, like, a video package, like, you know, advertisement for the hotline, WCW hotline. I forgot how weird those things used to be. It was great. Um... Yeah, so then we got the main event. It was a six-man tag uh, lumberjack strap match. It was just too many things going on at once. Also, all the lumberjacks that came out, they were all wearing flannels. It was kind of ridiculous. Like, they were clearly trying to do a message. Uh, early in the match, the Giant and Loch Ness decides to, like, fight each other, and then they leave, so they're no longer part of the lumberjack committee or whatever. Uh, they're supposed to be having a match uncensored, so I guess it continues their feud. Um, Ric Flair, like, tries to run away from the match, but Animal eventually brings him back out, gets him in the ring. Flair ends up taking the pin. Booty Man is just not that good. I guess I understand why he never got over with the, everybody, but... I don't know. I enjoyed him as the disciple, but if I remember correctly, he didn't really wrestle much as the disciple, and I think that's probably a good thing. Because he has a good look. It's He's not the best wrestler. But Savage did great. Flair did great. Anderson and Hogan did okay. I hate Kevin Sullivan, so he sucks. And then, you know, Booty Man did eh, better than Sullivan, but not great either. Uh, post-match promos and stuff like that by Sullivan, Flair, and Anderson, and whatever. I didn't, I didn't think they were very good. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, they did this specifically to set up, or continue to set up, the Dungeon of Doom match with Hogan. Man, I was really hoping this was Uncensored 95, but it is Uncensored 96. If I remember correctly, it's pretty much like the whole Dungeon of Doom versus... Savage and Hogan. I'm not entirely sure what happens with the Booty Man. It's been a little while since I've seen the pay-per-view. But I remember this match being fucking god-awful. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Um. 
I shouldn't have started watching this episode. I'm pretty tired. I probably should have just went to sleep and did this another day, but it is what it is. This is what you guys are going to get. Stick around for the next segment because we are just going to go ahead and continue with Raw, March 18th, 1996. Then we'll do Nitro, and then we'll follow it up with the pay-per-view Uncensored 1996. And then next week, we will do uh, Nitro, Raw, WrestleMania, and then we'll probably do, actually, we might just leave it at that, I don't know yet, we'll see what happens, might not be next week, but you guys get what I mean, next time we bring back the Monday Night Wars, we'll uh, start with the Nitro after Uncensored, and the Raw before Mania, so, alright, that's it, that's all I got uh, for this segment, so, stick around. We got more coming. Okay, so Monday Night Wars, back at it. So today we are starting with Raw because WCW has a pay-per-view March 12th. Well, fuck. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I might have messed up on dates. I was thinking that March 11th was going to be the last episode before uh, the pay-per-view cycle. But uh, it's not. We still have enough. We still have next week. So I started with Raw for no reason. Oh, well. Fuck, it is what it is. We started with Raw. Um, not a very good show across the board, I'd say. Uh, the opening match wasn't too bad. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, they cut, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin is already in the ring. And this is, I believe, the first time that they actually say the name Stone Cold Steve Austin and also put that on the nameplate. Now, Vince continues to push the ringmaster stuff pretty hard. Jerry the King Lawler lets a slip and says Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because, you know, while they're pushing the ringmaster stuff, they're also pushing he's just stone cold and all this stuff. And I don't know. But it popped up on the nameplate, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I don't know if that was done later in life or if that actually happened on, you know, this Raw broadcast. I, I have no idea. That's how it is on Peacock, so it is what it is. Savio Vega comes out to his theme and stuff like that. They have an okay match, and then it just they get counted out in like a weird way, and then they just continue to brawl with each other, and then eventually Vega gets the upper hand, so Austin leaves. I, I don't know. I don't really know what the purpose is. I think they have a match at WrestleMania, but I, I could be wrong. The next two matches are both jobber matches. One's with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. For a jobber match, it wasn't that bad. The other was a tag match with the Godwins versus uh, some, like, two jobbers or whatever. Uh, this match wasn't very good. Um, and I gotta say, I, I really, really prefer Midian as Midian than one of the Godwins. I think he's Phineas. 
I could be, I, I can't remember which one's which now, but Midian was just a better gimmick for him. Because he was doing some dumb shit in this match. That match came first, Hunter's Homesley came afterwards, but in between those, they had a segment with Roddy Piper and Goldust that was not good. Across the board, it was just bad. Um, there was also like a video package with Shawn Michaels and his hometown, San Antonio. And uh, then there was also like a package of Bret Hart leading up to their Iron Man match or whatever. I didn't really care for it, so I just kind of skipped over it. Um, there was a segment with, you know, the Huckster and all of that kind of stuff that I thought was bad as well. Then we get to the main event, supposed to be Undertaker and Yokozuna versus uh, British Bulldog and Owen Hart. And to start the match, Bulldog and Owen Hart attack. Well, this is before the bell rings, but they go to attack them. Undertaker and Yokozuna get the upper hand. And then Diesel comes out, knocks out uh, Paul Bear. Undertaker gets mad and goes chasing after him. So then the match becomes basically a handicap match. And eventually, Vader shows up interferes, matches, you know, thrown out for disqualification, so Yokozuna Undertaker technically got the win, and the three of them start beating up on Yokozuna, and then eventually Ahmed Johnson shows up, and then eventually Jake the Snake Roberts show up, I really have no idea, I think I heard that it's Yokozuna versus Vader at Wrestlemania, so that should be an interesting, fun match, but... I have no idea why Ahmed Johnson and Jake the Snake Robert are getting involved. I really don't. But hey, it is what it is. So, that was it. Uh, not a very good episode of Raw. Uh, this segment won't be very long, so... We may or may not just like have this episode be fairly long and, you know, have the pay-per-view still appear... Like, have WCW's pay-per-view still appear on this week's episode i have no idea we'll see what happens so make sure you stick around for the next segment because at the very least we are going to have monday nitro march 11th 1996 coming at you next okay so uh raw same day march 18th and there it is 1996 uh this one wasn't very good uh kind of i don't know it's kind of been the same but uh cool thing nah, not really anything cool but um okay so let's let's remember what happens uh we have a match to start off we have bulldog versus jake snake roberts not a bad match uh roberts gets counted out because Cornette keeps keeps interfering hitting him with a tennis racket um so he gets out damien or i don't know what the snake's name is at this point but it's a uh, anaconda this time and um He uh, puts it around his neck, chases after Cornette, gets counted out. And then, you know, once the bell sounds whatever, he's like, wait, what? Like, bruh, you're on the outside. You got counted out. What do you mean? Like, just doesn't make sense. But, um, you know. That happened, and then... Uh, they did... I 
Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I started watching it. It looked exactly like the video package from last week. The uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels promo situation or whatever. So I went ahead and just like, you know, skipped it. This episode had a lot of recaps and like just things that we've seen before and yada yada yada. So I skipped a lot of it because of that. Um, the next thing that we had was Goldust versus Fatu. The match was uh, pretty solid. Uh, I mean, it was okay. They had Roddy Piper call in this time. And um, he's trying to sell it and trying to like make it... I don't know. Because everybody kind of feels like it's just like a gimmick or whatever. But he's trying to make it seem like it's a legit street fight. And it's going to be, you know... Uh, something that you shouldn't watch or whatever. But... Since it's already happened, I've already seen the match. The match isn't anything spectacular, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Goldust gets the win. Then we have a little uh, interview segment where there was a issue or a challenge issued by Jake the Snake Roberts, Ahmed Johnson, and Yokozuna. Six-man tag match, WrestleMania. So, Cornette and the crew, Vader, Bulldog, and Owen Hart, all come out. They accept the challenge. They all, well, everybody except for Vader speaks. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Jake, Ahmed, and Yokozuna are in the back. Uh, well, they, they make like a, a, like, Cornette says, like, you know, you hired me to be your translator or whatever. But, like. Yokozuna, the first thing he's like, he says everything without an accent, so it's it's obvious he can speak clear. English. Plus, we all know that he's not Japanese. Just a dumb thing for Cornette to say. That's all I'm saying. And then, uh, anyway, so he says some things, and uh, then Jake the Snake Roberts says some things, and uh, mentions the uh, the uh, the fine print is that if they win, Yokozuna gets five minutes alone with Cornette. Yada, yada, yada. So that's what the stipulation is going in the match. Six-man tag match. If Yoko, Jake, and Ahmed win, then Yoko gets five minutes with uh, Cornette. Whatever, right? Um, then we get some take... They do, like, a, a recap of, like, what happened at, like, a, I believe a live event where it was uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels versus... Uh, Shit, I don't remember who they were facing. Eh, it doesn't matter. They lay them out, and then when Shawn Michaels has his back turned, Diesel hits him with a steel chair and turns on him or whatever. Michaels is pissed, but it doesn't really, really, it doesn't really amount to anything because you know Diesel is leaving soon, and you know it is what it is. I, I think maybe, maybe Diesel is Michaels' uh, first title defense after Wrestlemania I don't know we'll see but um so yeah he's mad whatever so Diesel comes out to the ring he's has he has a match with Horowitz I think that's his name I don't remember Bobby I thought, it doesn't matter he doesn't really become a, a character for WWF into the Attitude Era and afterwards so I'm not gonna remember his name I don't really care they have a quick match. It's not bad for by any means. It just, I don't know, seems kind of pointless. Uh, during the match, Paul Bear comes out with a coffin. 
leaves the coffin there, then walks out. Diesel then quickly gets the pen, gets the victory, grabs a wrench, goes to the coffin, plays around a little bit, and then he opens it, then he looks into it, and it's him. He sees himself. Shuts it real fast, then he walks away, yada yada yada. The more that I'm watching it, I'm not digging the build-up that much. Like, I feel like they could have did it a little bit better, but... Oh well. Like, I mean... It's in the past now, it doesn't really matter, right? So... That happened... And... Um... Then we got... Was it the main event after this? I think they did some more, like, recaps and stuff like that. And then when you, we got the main event. I'm pretty sure that's what what happened. Uh, Bret Hart versus um, Tatanka. Well, well, they did like a like a, a thing with Tatanka, uh, one two three kid, and Ted DiBiase in like the locker room or whatever. And then they they all yell at the camera like, "What are you doing? You should like can we get any privacy?" Blah blah blah. Um, I don't know if Psycho Sid's with the company anymore or what happened to Psycho Sid, but like. They replace him with Tatanka, and don't get me wrong, I like, I like Tatanka, I really do, but he's not the same threat that Psycho Sid is. And one, two, three kids walking around like he's this, like, built guy, which is stupid, because he's one of the smallest people on the roster. But, whatever. I like Tatanka, so him and Bret Hart have a pretty, pretty okay match, it's not that bad. Uh, Tatanka's great, so it's not that bad. Uh, eventually, one, two, three kid comes out... Interferes in the match, but doesn't go as planned. Bret Hart gets the upper hand, gets a surprise roll-up for the 1-2-3, and he wins the match. And then they do another Ted Turner fucking skit that, I don't know, I didn't really care for it, but uh, some people might find those enjoyable. I, I don't know. They're, they're not clicking with me yet, but, you know, it is what it is. And that was the episode. Alright, next week's episode, March 25th, is the go-home for Mania. Um, but, yeah. We're not going to get to that, because... Um, this is the end of today's episode. And the... Next week is going to be the pay-per-view uh, review or whatever of... Uncensored 1996. We're going to test it out that way. We're going to try to make it so the pay-per-views get their own week. With the current day stuff, right? We're going to test that out. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see how it, how it, how it plays out. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway. That's it for this segment. Hope you guys enjoyed Stick around for more podcasts, whether that's still today or Friday, Tuesday. Y'all already know. We're trying to grow this thing. And I uh, hope you guys come for the come for the ride. Come for the ride. I am pre-recording all this before SummerSlam, so uh, that's why I'm not really talking about SummerSlam. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's it for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
to the segment and to everything else. I don't know if this is going to end the podcast episode or not, so that's why I'm kind of being kind of weird about this right now. So, yeah, I don't know. Hoodoo! Okay, so March 20... Nope, sorry. March uh, 18, 1996, WCW Nitro. <sighs> what a doozy this one was. Actually, ultimately, it wasn't that bad of a show. But... Uh, it's kind of just the same shit that they've been doing, right? But this one started off different. So this one starts off with uh, Giant and Loch Ness kind of trading blows. More so the Giant, you know, getting the offensive on Loch Ness. But Loch Ness never goes down. He keeps holding on to, like, the guardrail that blocks the audience from, you know... Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Fuck it. Anyway, so... They were supposed to open with a match, Lex Luger versus Loch Ness. I also forgot to mention, I think, uh, with last week's edition, uh, Luger won the TV title. I think I forgot to mention that, but anyway, he's a double champion right now, right? Uh, we do find out that Booker T, apparently it was, I think it was announced on the Saturday night show, which I didn't, I didn't remember how integral the Saturday night show actually was, like, they had, they treated it basically like another, like, like another show, like another A show. I mean, it was the A show for the for the longest time until Nitro went to prime time television. You know, until they got prime time television on Mondays uh, to combat WWF or whatever. WCW Saturday Night's like the one weekly show that's been going on for years, right? But I forgot. I, I always kind of thought of it as like an afterthought. But no, they continuously had top stars wrestle. They continuously put on like prof- like high-profile matches, matches that would be pretty well-received and stuff like that. Uh, so it's kind of a bummer that they don't have all the years to it, so we can't watch it together along with... Because it, it plays more of an important part to Monday Night Wars than I thought. You know, It plays definitely plays a bigger role than like WWF Superstars or uh, Sunday Night Heat. Velocity, etc. Well, Velocity came after the Monday Night Wars. I think Velocity's first episode was like during the Ruthless Aggression era. Like after the invasion angle. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's accurate. Uh, WWE Superstars might sort of play. Like I, I know that they still kind of have higher profile matches on that show. But it doesn't feel like it, it affects the, the weekly storylines or anything like that uh at least not nearly as much as wcw saturday night because like there's a lot of shit that happens on saturday night that we're missing because you know we can't watch it and actually plays a huge role into like top storylines and stuff like that well not top storylines but other storylines that aren't featured on raw or sorry nitro but anyway you find out that booker t is going to be the uh partner for sting which you know we already knew that but this, this is the first Nitro that that gets said about. But anyway, so it's supposed to be a match. Lex Luger versus Loch Ness for the TV title. Uh, but like I said, Giants beating up Loch Ness. Luger makes his way to the ring. Um, he tells the ref to ring the bell, and the ref agrees for whatever reason, rings the bell, and then does a fast 10 count. And so the match is over. But the match shouldn't even got started because Loch Ness never made his way to the ring. 
just didn't really make sense. But Luger acted like it was the he's like it was the quickest win in WCW history. Uh, blah blah blah. He's like, I'll take the win. I don't care. Um, you know, blah blah blah. And Jimmy Hart sort of celebrates with them, and he's like, What are you doing? Like he's still trying to play. Like you need to stay away from me. <clears throat> you need to stay away from me because you know. Sting said, if you're around, he's not going to be my friend anymore. Whatever, whatever. So that was that. So then we move on to, surprisingly, the best match of the night. And, like, probably the best match in the last few weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, the Steiner Brothers versus Public Enemy. It's a thrown-together match. Well, they say it was thrown together. But, you know... It is a scripted show, so, like, they probably knew that this match was going to go on and the Loch Ness-Lex Luger match was not going to go on. They probably knew that, but whatever. Uh, and the match actually, surprisingly, was, like, really good between the, Stein <coughs> the Steiners and the Public Enemy. Uh, There's a few mishaps happening and stuff like that, but, like, overall, it was, a, it was a damn good match. And it turns out, I don't know if this is accurate or not, so I was trying to figure out what the Steiners finisher was called because I couldn't remember. And there's an article by Sportskedia, I believe, that say it's called a Steinerizer. I don't quite remember it being called that, but I could be wrong, and maybe I'm just misremembering it, but Steinerizer uh, is what it's called, I guess. I think the Steinerizer is better than the Doomsday device. But I think what the Street Profits do with the... Uh, setting it up and then doing the blockbuster I think that's even cooler so <laughs> I don't know if that has a name because I don't think they I don't think that's recognized as their finisher I don't know because like WWE does like weird stuff when it comes to like tag team wrestling like they don't let people hit a finisher and you know consider it done like the Usos finisher is basically worthless at this point like they have to hit it like 15 times before they can get a victory with it it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem right and same thing with like street profits like when they do the sky high to the frog splash that hardly ever gets victories <clears throat> excuse me the blockbuster thing hardly ever gets victories it's like you gotta you gotta start protecting these finishes you know what i mean um Same with, like, New Day. Like, I don't know. Like, are they doing the up, up, down, down as their official finisher now? Now that, you know, it's not a no, quote-unquote no longer a trio. I mean, Big E's out on injury, so we all know that. But, like, even before that happened, though, well, Woods was out on injury. So that's why they brought Big E back over. So that way they had something for Kofi to do. I don't know. But, I, you know, with Triple H... Uh, it has been confirmed, I guess, to my knowledge at least, that Triple H is head of, head of uh, WWE. By the time this comes out, he should have already been established or something. I don't know. I'm pre-recording this, so forgive me. Um, but anyway, uh, with his direction, I think they'll things will be set <clears throat> set more clear. Also, B did do an update that he's uh, for sure doesn't have to have surgery, and he's healing up pretty well. And so his return is more likely than not, uh, which is good and, you know, thankful and all that stuff. It's not going to happen this year. It's probably going to be next year, at, you know, at the earliest. But 
the good news is is that he'll make a full recovery. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, we got sidetracked. My apologies. Back to Nitro. So, <clears throat> the Steiners get the win. But, you know, honestly, Public Enemy was getting more of the offense and they were doing more of the rest of it. It was, a, it was actually a pretty good tag team match. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, next, we had... <clears throat> I believe... Fuck, I'm kind of... I. The main event kind of went on longer than it was supposed to, so I'm trying to remember exactly how many matches were on this episode. I believe it was... Arn Anderson versus the Booty Man that came next, but I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Uh, instead of trying to get exact what order everything happened in, I'm just going to talk about it. I'm going to separate promos from matches, etc., etc. Because it doesn't matter if I get the right order, as long as I talk about what actually happened, or if I make mention that I'm going to skip something because for whatever reason. Anyway. We'll say it was Arn Anderson versus the Booty Man. <laughs> uh, the match was okay. Nothing special. Nothing spectacular. They basically... So they're keeping Booty Man sort of attached to the main event storyline, which is the alliance to end Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. So there's sort of... Which the... the, the uh, the Alliance is, you know, Dungeon of Doom, Four Horsemen, and then there's going to be some more people added, but that happens at the end of the show, and we want to wait for that for a second. But, uh, so he's fighting Arn Anderson, right, who's a part of the Alliance, but it's like, he's kind of not really involved anymore, so like, what happened was, Johnny b is no longer... Uh, with the company, or for whatever reason. So he was doing that feud with Diamond Dallas Page and with Kimberly. And the rumor is, I don't know if it's official or not, but the Wikipedia says this or whatever. Or maybe it wasn't Wikipedia. Maybe it was a different article I was reading. It doesn't matter. The rumor is that behind the scenes, like there was a, a pitch to do an angle where he kisses Kimberly on screen, but Johnny B. Bad didn't want to do it. Uh, and so they, you know, basically ran him out of the company or whatever. So his feud with DDP got dropped and got picked up right where it was left off by Booty Man. So Booty Man is now the person that has Kimberly on his side. Uh, I think they, I, I want to say they called her Booty Cheerleader. And then they, like questioned it like I think Eric Bischoff said that and I think uh McMichael asked or said something about it and then Bischoff said I was just trying to do a play on words or something like that I think that's what happened because later when she shows up during the match they all they do is call her Kimberly so I don't really know what they're trying to do because you know she's Diamond Doll initially and then she became Kimberly whatever then they were trying to call her something like using Johnny B. Bad's name but they kind of dropped that as well and just call her Kimberly. So I don't know. Maybe they were trying to do something else using the Booty Man's name. But first of all, the Booty... I realized this week specifically that the Booty Man is really has no fucking character. He has no gimmick or anything. He dresses similar to his Brutus the Barber Beefcake 
but it's like toned down. Instead of like, you know, like what they say is like the best that you could do in the ring is you take yourself and then you turn it up times 11. It feels like they took the, you know, beefcake character and turned it down 11. That's what it feels like with the booty man. Uh, he looks in good shape though. He looks in better shape, I feel. But I, ha I don't, I gotta be honest with you, I don't really watch Bruce Bart beefcake matches. He's not a wrestler that I'm like, oh, let's go back and watch that match. It's more like, oh, I'm watching it, and oh, he just happens to appear on the show. But it's not anything that I actively go search for. Like, I don't I don't hate him as much as I hate Kevin Sullivan. Like, if I wasn't doing this for the podcast, I would refuse to watch Kevin Sullivan wrestle. I would skip all the matches. I fucking hate him. I don't know why. He sucks at wrestling. Not a great promo. And I hate that he was given a cool nickname like the Taskmaster. And given Dungeons of Doom or whatever. Like, that was a cool name, a cool stable. I just hate that he's a part of it. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk more about him later, unfortunately. Uh, the Booty Man just, I don't know, he's just nothing. He's just generic. He doesn't know exactly what he wants to do with, like, his entrance, his trying to, like, get the crowd involved and stuff like that. He doesn't know, like, what he wants to do. He just seems kind of, like, stuck in in limbo. Like, he doesn't want to do the same chopping thing with, like, the, uh, the fucking clippers or whatever that he had when he was the barber. But I don't know. It was just weird. But she shows up randomly to, like, start cheering. And woman for whatever reason goes and like not attack her but starts yelling at her and for whatever reason Booty Man stops what he's doing with Arn Anderson gets out the ring to protect Kimberly from woman and then Arn Anderson shows up and then like they get back into the ring or Arn Anderson surprises with a double a double axe handle or whatever and so he gets the upper hand on Booty Man and then he throws him in the ring but then all of a sudden Booty Man gets the upper hand hits him with the knee gets the one two three and apparently Arn Anderson had some sort of winning streak on Nitro that I didn't know about uh, or I just haven't paid attention but that whole ending was weird I don't get why they did that doesn't matter uh, the match was okay at best I don't even know if it's okay. I might be giving it too much credit, to be honest with you. But whatever. Uh, the next match, or the other, or another match that we had was a tag team match with uh, Road Warriors and um, the Nasty Boys. I didn't think this match was very good. Um, yeah, they just started attacking each other. It feels weird. It seems like the Road Warriors... Like, so they have a beef with Luger and Sting because they want the tag titles. But then there's a beef with the Steiner Brothers for some reason because the Steiner Brothers... I don't know why, really, they want to attack Road Warriors. I guess to prove that they're the best tag team. I don't know. But the Road Warriors say that, you know, to prove you're the best tag team, you need the tag titles. But Steiners just want to beat up the Road Warriors to see who's the toughest best tag team I guess and then like Nasty Boys kind of want to be in that mix and Public Enemy sort of not really they're just kind of there like 
Public Enemy and WCW was kind of just used as fodder. Like, they weren't really... Like, they got a big name and became pretty popular in ECW. They probably should have just stayed in ECW. But they wanted the money, so they went to one of the bigger companies, and it just didn't work out for them. It definitely doesn't work out for them when they go to WWF. Just another reason why I don't like JBL. <clears throat> I don't like Public Enemy, but what JBL did to them is fucking bullshit. Same thing with like Blue Meanie. I'm not a big Blue Meanie fan, but what JBL did to him was fucking bullshit. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's this weird thing. At least they're trying to keep their tag team division alive. I do feel like having Sting be the tag champion doesn't make too much sense. Uh, so taking the titles off, I, I think they do. Do they? I can't remember if they lose or not uncensored. It doesn't matter. But him losing would make more sense. Especially if they want to go a Steiners and Road Warriors feud. Over the titles, that would just be better. Again, though, I think the Steiner Riser is better than Doomsday Device. And I also think the Steiners are a better tag team than Road Warriors. The more that I'm watching the Road Warriors, the more I realized... You know, the Dudley Boys are probably the number one tag team of all time. But the Steiner Brothers were also super great. And you're like, Whoa, Dudley Boys? Why do you say the Dudley Boys? You gotta, the Dudley Boys has won... So many different promotions tag champions. They had a crazy amount of longevity. As a tag team. If you want to bring in solo stuff, you can bring in solo stuff. You don't really need to, but... You know. As a tag team, they just... They're great. Plus, they just work well together. Specifically, Devon and uh, Bubba. Like, the faction Dudley... Like, the Dudley family or whatever... Yeah, I mean, the only other one that I thought was decent was Spike Dudley. But I didn't really watch ECW that much back then, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I actually watch it from start to finish, I'll have a different opinion about the Dudley family as a whole. I don't think we will, I'm just saying. Maybe there's a possibility. But, you know, they just... They've accomplished so much as a tag team. Now, you can say other tag teams like Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and... Um, even like de- demolition and you know st- stuff like that. I mean, sure you could, but I do think that the du- like objectively, I think the Dudley Boys have accomplished more. Subjectively, I do think the Hardy Boys are probably the best, but <laughs> but I mean, honestly, w- when it's all said and done, you I New Day and Usos they'll probably end up taking that top spot. Yeah, they were only in one promotion, but you know they've been doing it longevity a bunch of accomplishments I don't know man those two tag teams are great they're definitely my two favorite tag teams in the last you know 12 years that's for sure I don't know that's a different topic for another time let's get back to the Nitro um so yeah the match was pretty poor I didn't think it was that great and then it ended in DQ because the Steiner brother or I Never mind, not DQ. There was a distraction, and Animal used one of their like pieces to their entrance garb. I don't know. It, it's like a it's like a pad with spikes on it that they put on like their their arm or whatever. He uses it. I don't remember which one he hits and pins, but he uses it behind the referee's back. Then gets the one, two, three, and then like afterwards, there's like a like a quick battle with the Steiner brothers and stuff. It just 
I don't know. I don't understand what's really going on. <laughs> uh, nothing comes out of it either. Just bad back and forth interaction, and then the Steiner brothers just walk away. That's it. It's, it's just bad. The match was bad. The ending was bad. Everything about it was bad. Uh, earlier, during the Steiners match, though, they were walking to the ring with Michigan, like, varsity jackets, because they both went to Michigan or whatever. And Heenan says, you know, the M stands for Mental Institute, because that's where they're from, not Michigan State. I was like, well, first of all, that the, the jackets are to Michigan, not Michigan State. He should have said the state of Michigan, but whatever. Small nitpick. They also do this live, so he said it in the moment, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Anyway, so then we get to the main event. It's Hogan, Sam, or the Mega Powers, uh, versus Taskmaster, and I don't even want to call him that. Kevin Sullivan and Ric Flair. Uh, This wasn't the best match either. It was more kind of like just like a brawl for most of it. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything special. Honestly, I don't even remember how the finish happened. I remember like Hogan and Flair both had figure fours. So like Hogan put a figure or Flair put a figure four on Savage. And then eventually Hogan put a figure four on Sullivan. But it was a terrible looking figure four. Like, it was bad. Like, why? Like, how does Rick... How does Ric Flair make the figure four... Like, how did... Like, why does his look so much better than anybody else's? Like, anytime anybody else puts a figure four on, it just looks weird. Uh, Charlotte's is a little different just because, like... uh, It's just different, but... I don't know. Like, The Miz doesn't do a bad figure four. It just looks weird, right? I don't know, man. It's just weird. But anyway, I don't remember exactly how the match ended. I don't remember if Hogan and Savage got the win or not. Or if there was just a no contest. I I don't quite remember it. Because Anderson does come out, so I don't know if he causes some sort of distraction or whatever. But eventually... Z Gangster, aka Zeus, aka Tiny Lester Jr. Rest in peace. Comes out as Z Gangsta. They they changed his name to Z Gangsta. And uh, you find out that the the other guy that comes out with them is uh, he he was renamed the Ultimate Solution. Uh, but his actual name was like, or his original wrestling name was Jeep. Uh, Sweetson, Swetson, Sweet. Ah, I just looked up his name. I apologize. I think it's Sweetson. Starts with an S. Doesn't matter. His nickname Jeep. Jeep. Uh, gosh, dang it. His nickname Jeep came from his dad because his dad was like a ex-soldier or whatever that was nicknamed Tank, and he would call his son Jeep because every tank needs a Jeep. Yeah, I remember all of that, but I don't remember what his last name was. Fucking. My brain works in weird ways. Anyway, so they call it, well, they call him the final solution, but they do edit that. Um, they didn't, I, I don't remember hearing them say, I, like, this is something I looked up because I, I couldn't remember, like, what they said. I think they just said the solution on the edit or whatever, but 
when it aired live, they said the final solution, but uh, a lot of Jewish um, viewers or whatever called and complained to the you know TNT or whatever. And you know WCW says that they didn't realize that the final solution was what Adolf Hitler like that was like the name of his plan to eradicate the Jews or whatever. Uh, and honestly, that's not something I thought of at first either. Uh, I get it though, like you know, change the name or whatever. So ultimately, they went with the ultimate solution instead. Uh, but I don't think you find that out until the pay per view. So, but anyway, that dude looked fucking jacked, right? They painted his face or whatever. They didn't paint Zeke Gangsta's face. They just, like, painted, like, Zeke Gangsta on the side of his head. But they painted, uh, Ultimate Solution's face. But he just looked fucking gigantic. He just looked big. I was like, he should have, like, back then, he should have been a part of World's Strongest Man. Because back then, you know, that was before they all got super big and stuff like that. They were still just kind of, like, fitness people. Well, by the 90s, I'm sure it did, never mind. It changed by the 90s. The early stages, like the first few years, it was just like, you know, some of the biggest athletes in the world, uh, like in football or actors, even like uh, Lou Ferrigno, you know, TV's Hulk. I'm pretty sure he won the first competition. But man, if you watch some of that stuff, while. Yes, it is the fir- very first one, but man, it some of the stuff they did just looked weird, and it's not as good as today. I mean, well, I think Prime World's Strongest Man was like mid two thousands, but uh, as far as like strength and s- the feats that get done, like definitely today's the best of the best. Cause like you know, some of the warm ups now were like the maxes back in the day, so yeah take which what you got but I think as far as like the competitors involved and everything mid 2000s where it was at now a lot of people might say you know mid to late 2010s because you know you have Brian Shaw uh, Eddie Hall Thor Bjornsson and a bunch of other people which is fair mid 2000s still had Brian Shaw mid well mid to late 2000s still had Brian Shaw and stuff like that as well but Anyway, different topic for a different time. <laughs> uh, where were we at? So yeah, uh, they show up and then the promos afterwards, like they take turns. It's like uh, Sullivan, Flair, Anderson, Flair, Sullivan, Flair. Like I thought they were all bad. They were just spewing a bunch of nonsense, basically talking about the end. This the alliance, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. So officially, as of now. The alliance is four horsemen and uh, Zeke Gangsta, Ultimate Solution, and uh, the Dungeon of Doom. Right? Oh, also, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with Brian Pillman. I thought he was done with the company. Turns out he wasn't. So last week, I didn't mention it because it didn't really result in anything. But, like, he was seen running around through the crowd. And they mentioned it. Like, Eric Bischoff's, like, upset about it. So he leaves the commentary desk to, like, go deal with the situation. So this week, the same thing kind of happens. This time, he actually involves himself. So he starts attacking Savage. Maybe that's what ended it. Because then, like, Hogan went out after it. 
And I, it's, I don't know if it's, like, if it's staged that way. I don't know. It just, it wasn't good. It was stupid. I don't like Pillman. Um, I think his best work is probably what he does in the WWF. Or early WCW. Like, before he started becoming the quote-unquote loose cannon in uh, <clears throat> WCW. Like, prior to that, like, he was great. Putting on great matches pretty solid promo, but then he just kind of goes off the rail, and I don't know. Just doesn't click with me. I don't know. I don't know why. It just doesn't click with me. Um, recipes, by the way. Oh, also, there you go. Unfortunately, the ultimate solution, the, the guy that plays him, he's actually, he's, uh, he's dead. He died in 97 of a heart attack, unfortunately. Uh, but he was also, he was, uh, Bane in Batman and Robin, which I did not know that. He had some other roles, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was the big one. No. He had some other roles that were probably more prominent. He was in the No Holds Barred movie with Hogan and Zeus. Uh, he played Lug Wrench. He was also like, a, the bodyguard to, like, the main antagonist in uh, Bulletproof with Damon Waynes and Adam Sandler. Uh, but anyway, uh... So yeah, anyway, so that's that. So that all happened. Another promo that happened earlier was uh, Hogan and Savage. And this one actually wasn't too bad, but like Hogan keeps using Savage's catchphrases. So like, it's like, what's the purpose of having Savage out there? But this time they both ended with both saying, oh yeah, which I don't know, I guess is better. Than just them going back and forth and saying it one too many times because you know Hogan wants the last word obviously, but I don't know because Hogan has his own catchphrases, which he still sort of uses, but he rather use other people's stuff. It just it's just weird. I don't get it. But anyway, that happens like sometime earlier in the show, uh, and I want to say there was like another like promo that was done, but I don't remember if I'm being honest with you. So yeah, I mean, the show started off surprisingly well. Besides the Luger, Giant, Loch Ness stuff, the first match, official match, Steiner's first public enemy, really well, surprisingly. And then, you know, just kind of fell off and, yeah. It was cool seeing the Gangston Ultimate Solution, though, so that was kind of cool, but then the promos happened and just fucking undermined all the coolness. Uh... Yeah, but anyway, usually we don't take this long talking about uh, WCW or like, you know, just any of the weekly shows, but it is what it is. Uh, I had some extra stuff to talk about this time around. Plus, we went off on a couple tangents. I don't know. Hootie hoo.